Hello, professional property managers. Andrew Smallwood here. And we've got another PMLX recording from the 2020 event with, instead of our cool Uncle Chris or crazy Uncle Chris, we've got our wise Aunt Susan. Susan Scott, who's the author of one of my favorite books called Fierce Conversations. Maybe you've heard of books like Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Maybe you've heard of books like Crucial Conversations. If we go back to really the first book of its kind, it was Susan Scott's Fierce Conversations. And she talks about how the conversation is the relationship. The conversation is the relationship. How to have direct, effective, productive, positive conversations that lead to personal and business success. It's, it's a fantastic segment um, with Adair Cates from the exchange team helping to facilitate. We really hope you enjoy it. She is the author of the book, Fierce Conversation. Some of you may have gotten this in your attendee benefit package. And over the past two decades, she's shared her expertise with clients through keynote presentations, TEDx talks, and award-winning books, this book, as well as Fierce Leadership. She is a popular and sought-after Fortune 100 public speaker and a renowned leadership development architect, known for her bold yet practical approach to executive coaching and leadership development. She has been challenging people to say things that are hard to say for over two decades. Welcome, Susan. I'm a little bit nervous to have this conversation. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, really excited to have you here. Well, the first question I have for you is, where did the idea for this book come from? Okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. Um, I had the privilege of chairing two groups of non-competing CEOs in Seattle, where I live, and I had a total of 30 CEOs, and I would meet every month with each one of them for two hours. And, uh, and then each group would spend one full day together every month to advise one another on their most pressing issues. So one of the things I had to figure out, what am I going to do for two hours with these CEOs, given that I'm an English major and, you know, all these different industries, I am not qualified. I don't have the creds. I absolutely know zip about their industries and all of the idiosyncrasies. And so how do I, how do I have that? so-called coaching conversation and I had to come at it from an entirely different way. I had to really help them talk out loud with themselves. Sometimes we, we don't know what we're really thinking and feeling until we hear ourselves say it out loud. And so if somebody asks us the right questions and keeps asking and keeps asking, eventually there is a self-generated insight. And so you know, I would always say, what is the most important thing we should be talking about? And then ask them these questions. So that coaching approach was remarkably effective. Uh, and then when I would spend a full day with each of the groups, they, were, um, they needed to advise one another. And how do you herd all those cats? Uh, some pretty big egos always, you know, in any group of people, there are people who love to do a lot of talking and there are people who sort of sit back and maybe not say anything at all. And they're usually the ones that have the best ideas. So how to conduct that meeting so that we really 
got way out beyond the obvious and into some very deep blue water where innovative ideas would, would, would come up because they had problems to solve, decisions to make, strategies to design, opportunities to evaluate. So the word got out that these conversations I was having with my CEOs and the conversations I was helping them have in their meetings with one another were really effective. And my colleagues around the world said, would you come and teach us what you're doing? And I did that. And then CEOs would say, would you come in and teach my executive team how to have conversations like this with their direct reports and with one another? And it just spread, 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 spread. And then at the same time, I was reading Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, in which a character is asked, how did you go bankrupt? And he responds gradually and then suddenly. And I just had this epiphany that, you know, our careers and our companies and our relationships and our lives succeed or flatline or fail gradually, then suddenly, one conversation at a time. Because whenever um, one of the leaders I was working with would talk about how things got to, to a bad place, you know, how did we lose that customer? How did I lose the effectiveness of my team? How did I lose a long-term marriage I was not prepared to lose? It was always, it had something to do with missing or failed conversations. And by the same token, how did I get to this great place where I am? How did we gain those amazing clients? How is it that our leadership team is so effective together and so fully engaged and dedicated? How is it that my, my marriage, my relationships are a thing of beauty? One successful conversation at a time. And so, you know, it seemed to me that in all of the work that I did over decades, the thing that was running the show was conversations. And it was either working or it wasn't working. And But nobody told me that when I was growing up. I mean, I, I would have saved myself a lot of grief if I had had a handle on how important my conversations are. And particularly in our personal relationships, our conversations with one another are not about our relationship. The conversation is the relationship. So if, if any two people add another topic to the list of things they're unable to talk about because it wrecks another weekend or whatever, then all of the possibilities for the relationship become smaller and smaller and smaller. And so, you know, conversations are the ribbon that run through everything. And eventually I gave in to the request to write all this down and I wrote it down and started a company. And now we're, I mean, I can't believe all the things that we're doing these days and the companies that we're working with. It's just unbelievable. So apparently I, I was not the only person who was longing for something better than the usual conversation where in, in meetings it's always the usual suspects and you know who's going to say what and nothing really new or interesting emerges. And a lot of people withhold what they're really thinking and feeling and it's like, oh, it's a waste of time. So we're in the business of teaching people how to have conversations that get results. Mm, I love that. All right. Give me a thumbs up, everybody, if you can relate to a lot of what Susan is saying here. Yeah, lots of thumbs go up. That's awesome. Yeah, that particular point of the conversation is the relationship 
it stopped me in my tracks and I couldn't stop thinking about it for like two full days. Um, and that's actually been the case with a lot, with a lot of your book. So yeah. thank you for that. Cause there's, it's definitely led to a lot of ahas. If those of you who have not read it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. It's an amazing book. Well, you know, and, the thing is that Derek, if I could just interject. Yeah, please. I get emails from people from all over the world saying, thank you for the book. It's really, really helps me in my job and my career. But I want to tell you, I just had the best conversation with my spouse that I've had in a decade. And so right now I am writing Fierce Love because all of the principles and practices of fierce apply to relationships. So I'm tweaking them and, and, and just focusing on personal relationships between two people, married or not married. It doesn't matter. Or, you know, new relationship, long relationship. What are the conversations that can really bring your relationship alive? How do you get your your wings back in your relationship? So I'm thrilled about that. And the whole theme is the conversation is the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it is really there's a lot of change that happens inside of all of those conversations. And I think what happens for a lot of people is we just get complacent and we get complicit and we, you know, we just talk about the kids and the laundry piling up and, you know, where we might want to move next or whatever, whatever conversations might be coming up. And we, we, we miss out on some of the juiciness that can come out of those conversations. So Yeah, it's, it's a really big deal. So in your book, you have seven principles. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to just read through sure. some of those principles and then yeah. uh, touch on what they are. I want to start with the first one, which yeah. is master the courage to interrogate reality. And there was a particular quote that just like jumped off the page at me uh, that I'll share. And then you can take it wherever you want with that particular principle. So when the conversation is real... The change occurs before the conversation has ended. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the first part of that is no one has to change, but everyone has to have the conversation. And when it's real, the change occurs before the conversation is ended. Here's the thing about this interrogating reality. No plan, whether it's a plan for a business, a plan for a family, a plan for a relationship, for a life, no plan survives its collision with reality. And reality has this rude habit of shifting, which really complicates how things are going to go. And right now, our reality has been shifted, you know, so much that everything is different. Everything is different. And some of the things that have changed, we would never have made these changes if we weren't forced to do it. But, you know, economies change, markets change, the world change, people change and forget to tell one another. We're all changing all the time. And so we need to touch base once in a while, like in in an organization. I remember the days when companies would say, come and help us create our strategy for the year. You know, here are our goals for the year. Here's our strategy. And then we would call it good and not go back and revisit the plan. Well, now we revisit the plan at least quarterly, if not more often, because we're always, you know, things are changing. We're learning more things. And the other part of that that is so important is, and this applies to personal as well as business, there, I firmly believe, there is more than one right way to live a life. And so each of us has our strongly held opinions and attitudes and beliefs 
when we bring those into a conversation and our goal is simply to persuade other people to see things our way, we totally miss out and we turn everybody off. So there are multiple competing realities existing simultaneously on any topic under the sun. So this is one of the things that helps me allow my CEOs to have such robust meetings with one another because, boy, can you imagine the different perspectives from all these leaders in different industries? And that's where the learning comes. It provokes the learning for everybody in the room. So for whether you're the leader of a, a, a team of people or you're a family member, if your goal should not ever be to be right. Your goal should be to get it right for your organization, for your team, for your family. And, and to do that, you really need to genuinely invite competing perspectives and say, look, here, here's what it looks like from where I sit. What's it look like from where you are? Because, you know, your perspective is as valid as mine. And we will, we will learn a lot by really interrogating one another's reality. Mm, yeah, I love that. And when you're in that, I guess the question around the how of that, you're in the room, you have competing, uh, you know, competing ideas or competing ways of moving forward or whatever it might be. How do you manage the tension of that? Because a lot of people dodge those conversations because they hate the confrontation. Well, it, it, it comes from the person running the meeting. And, and believe me, I lay that out in detail, how to, have, how to do that uh, in the book, but also we, that's what we teach. The short version of that would be, you know, sort of to model yourself after Robert Redford, which would not be a bad model for a lot of people. <laughs> um, and he, he has great meetings and he's beloved and he'll start a meeting. Well, for one thing, he's very creative about who he invites to the meeting, like whose perspective is going to be useful for us to understand given that this is the topic mm. on the table. So it's not, I'm not saying don't invite the usual suspects, but who else should be there? And then he'll often say, okay, I'm going to tell you, you know, here's the issue. Here's why it's important. Here's what we've done so far. Here are the options I'm considering. And if I had to decide right now without your input, this is the option I'd go with. Now, I'm inviting you to influence me. I really want to know what you think, if, especially if you see things differently than I do. And if we get this right, I will be different when this conversation is over. That is one of the most beautiful invitations I could imagine. Everybody sits up straight. They lean forward. He has set the tone. He has said, I'm inviting you to push back. I'm inviting you to disagree. I'm inviting you to, to bring in um, an alternative perspective mm. because I want to learn. Mm. I, I'm inviting you to influence me. Do your best. I mean, in the end, he's got the decision. He'll make the decision, but boy, will he make it from a well-informed point of view. Mm. And I think that's, you know, so many companies talk about wanting to innovate and they won't innovate because the leaders keep saying, oh, no, we can't do that because, no, no, you're wrong about that. No, we tried that. And he's like, we're going nowhere very slowly at great expense. 
kind of like sailing sometimes. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, and also with, you know, just one degree of turn can make all the difference in where you end up in that, in that, uh, in sailing and the conversation and all of that. Well, and an analogy that I use is a kaleidoscope. I remember the first time I looked into a kaleidoscope and held it up to the light and I turned it and how many pieces had to drop for the whole picture to change? One. And the picture changed entirely. Mm. And once it's changed, you can't dial back to the picture you had before. You can only stay with that one or keep going. And mm. It only takes one picture and one piece. And you don't know when that idea is going to drop into your consciousness and you're going to see everything differently. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. So yeah, everybody raise your hand if you've had a moment where somebody said something to you and it literally changed your reality in some way. Yeah, raise your hands. Awesome. It happens. One word, one conversation at a time, oftentimes. Yeah, that's great. So principle two, come out behind yourself into the conversation and make it real. And if I yeah. can just read the first sentence yeah. of how this chapter starts. Again, it was kind of a a moment for me. You are an original, an utterly unique human being. You cannot have the life you want, make the decisions that you want, or be the leader you're capable of being until your actions represent an authentic expression of who you really are or who you wish to become. And I just think that is so powerful. And you say after that, the same is true for an organization. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is true. I mean, I, my TED talk, it's a TEDx talk. It's all about uh, radical transparency. And it's, it's, it's funny too. I think people enjoy it because it's got a lot of humor in it, but um, people are afraid of being real. A lot of people hold the belief that it is risky to, to disclose what I'm really thinking and feeling. And what we have to understand is our beliefs drive our behavior and our behavior produces our results. So to the degree in an organization or a family or any group of people, people hold the belief that if I really say what I'm actually thinking and feeling, it will not be well received. So I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> well, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to improve. In fact, things are going to slowly, gradually, gradually, then suddenly go downhill. So um, authenticity, it's not something a person has. It's something you choose. And it does take courage. You don't inherit authenticity. Nobody can say, okay, I think on the scale of one to 10, your authenticity level is at about a three. I'd like you to notch it up to a six <laughs> over the next, you, know, you can't do that, right? It's a choice. It's a choice that I make. How real am I going to be? And what I find is that when one person says something that is real and maybe even unexpected, mm. there's a moment where everybody kind of freezes and they're thinking to themselves, did he or she really say that? <laughs> wow, that is, oh, that is true. That is so powerful. Wow, I kind of wish I had said that. What can I say that will also add value here, that will get us out of the everyday? It's amazing. It's just amazing. And 
you know, my analogy for a fierce conversation is a campfire. I'm, I am in my treehouse right now on Orchestra. I was going to ask you. It yeah, looks really, really cool. It's, it is fun here. It's a small treehouse with, with one big room and a sleeping loft. You're looking into the kitchen part. It's nothing fancy here, but I, I have a fire pit. And like last night, a friend was over and one of my daughters and my grandchildren were here and we did s'mores. And my... I've always felt like a fierce conversation is a campfire because all I have to do is start the fire and pretty soon everybody starts showing up because they smell the smoke and we love the smell of wood smoke. They hear the crackling, they come, they gather around. Pretty soon somebody else is adding their log to the fire and the fire just, it just, you know, we have to keep it going. We have to not let it die out. So we keep adding logs, keep adding logs. And we've got a gorgeous place. That is exactly what a, a fierce conversation is about. Whether it's between two people or a whole room full of people, each one of us will add our logs to the fire and make it this beautiful thing. And then we can do s'mores and that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That sounds delicious right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so further along in that, in that same principle, there was something I came across that I also got really curious about. And it was this idea of one part of it was, you know, showing emotions in conversations. That was one piece. And the other piece was, uh, yeah, do take it personally because you personal. can't not take something personally. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about bringing the emotions into the room and well, also taking it personally. Well, uh, years ago, um, a, a psychologist, a Princeton psychologist, won the Nobel Prize for Economics, which is odd. Uh, how, how is it that a psychologist wins a Nobel Prize for Economics? Because of his, his, he proved over many, many, many studies that human beings, so that'd be you and me, uh, make decisions and act on them first for emotional reasons, second for rational reasons. We are emotional creatures. And anybody who says emotion doesn't belong in the workplace is, uh, hello? I mean, we'd have to leave our souls out in the parking lot if we were not going to bring our emotions in, you know. <laughs> exactly. So we have emotions. Look at any effective television commercial. It's tapping into our emotions. Um, and so emotions... Boy, I mean, we need we need to surface those. We need to invite them. Um, we need to inquire about them. For example, in the coaching conversation, three times I ask the person I'm with about what are you feeling right now. You've just said this, 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 this. When you look at that, what do you feel? Not how does that make you feel? Because that's kind of a victimy question in my view. But what do you feel? Well, I feel frustrated. Well, talk to me about that frustration. And then they start to talk about it. And then they start more and more. And they get in touch with, you know what? I got a lot of heat on this. Mm. And emotion is what gives the lit match something to ignite. If we, if we don't invite emotion into the conversation, then it's like, it's like putting somebody in a, in a beautiful Maserati with no gasoline in it. It is mm. going nowhere. So emotion is important, and we shouldn't be afraid of it. <laughs> Woody Allen said something so funny years ago. He said, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be in the room when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I think sometimes we feel that way about, oh, you know, yeah. this person could get 
angry or emotional. Or, oh my God, they might even cry. I mean, I don't know. That's okay. That's fine. Be a big girl. Be a big boy. You can handle it. Ask about it. You're angry. Talk to me about that anger. You know, you're. I see tears. I'm starting to get tears in my eyes too. What's going on? What are you feeling? What's underneath that? Bring it out because the one thing in a coaching ship, and I would always tell my guys because we and they were mostly guys. At the end of the session, what's what's the most powerful step you're going to take between now and the time I see you again? And they tell me. And I would tell them that I need for you to take that step. I don't want to come back here and have you give me all the reasons and excuses mm. why you didn't take that step. Otherwise, we've wasted our time. So for me to motivate them to actually take that step, we, we dealt with their emotions throughout the conversation. Mm. And then what was your other, your second? Well, I just want to say about, about asking that, I think you said that you, you literally, in the conversation, ask yes. them three times, yeah. how are you yeah. feeling? Yeah. What do you feel? What do, what you, do feel? you feel? Exactly. What do you feel? And people don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm, 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 I'm not happy about that. Well, say more. Yeah. What do you feel? Say more. People, we don't know how to name our emotions and helping us name them is really important. So yeah, yeah. I want people to do something as a result of my time with them. I want our teams to do something as a result of our time together. So we need to, we need to find the heat. Where's the heat mm. on this? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then the second piece I was asking about is taking it personally. Oh yeah. I always thought when somebody says, now I'm going to give you some feedback, blah, 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 blah. Now don't take this personally. It was like, what are you crazy? It's personal. Yeah. Take it personally. It couldn't be more personal. That is a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, that's our way of trying to say, now don't get mad at me because this isn't personal. Well, it actually is personal and you can get mad. That's okay. You can get mad. Um, you know, we'll live through that. What we want to get to the through this conversation is clarity about, you know, somebody's contribution to an issue or a problem or whatever. And that's not always easy to do, but it is, it's, it's personal. Yeah, absolutely. And then a lot personal or what is the point, you know, really? (laughs) Yeah. And, and we catch ours. I catch, I definitely catch myself saying things like, well, don't take it personally. And it is exactly what you're saying. Like, I just don't want them to come with this flood of emotions. Yeah. 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 So I love, I love that advice of just like, that shouldn't even be in our vocabulary in conversations and well, just inviting. We've been, a lot of, we've been taught a lot of ridiculous things. I mean, one of the um, parts of the book on fierce love is the, the myths that we have been told mm. about love that really derail us. And so, you know, we, we tend to, just because somebody sort of famous says something, we tend to think, well, it must be true. Mm. And we don't realize the prices we are paying for operating on that belief. Yeah. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, and I felt that way going through fierce conversations of like, Oh my gosh, we were never taught to how to have a conversation. Yeah. Right. I know. Well, <laughs> and most people don't even understand what a conversation, I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people don't conversation comes from the Latin conversare. It means an exchange of ideas and sentiments. It starts with the letter C-O-N, and Spanish con means with. It's being with someone. And I was, <laughs> I was 
talking about that with a young couple on a train in the UK years ago. And the young woman said, you know, my dad doesn't have conversations. He has versations. <laughs> I love it. Because, you know, we all know what it's like to be on the receiving end of somebody who wants to talk to us versus with us. So, yeah, it's important that that, that idea of an exchange is really, really, really important. Yeah. 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 Well, another place I know that, especially in the workplace, people get uncomfortable and maybe say this whole thing of don't take it personally, is around the idea of feedback. So Mm -hmm. either giving feedback, receiving feedback, annual performance reviews, regular one-on-ones, I mean, all the ways that feedback can be received. So I'd love to hear any thoughts yeah. or wisdom around feedback. I, when, I, when I did a, 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 new, a newer edition of Fierce Conversations a couple of years ago, I added a whole thing on that because I hadn't realized, I thought people knew how to do it and they, they really didn't. Um, by the way, if we give, if, in, in the book Fierce Leadership, a bold alternative to the worst, best practices of business today, that is chapter one. One of the worst things is this 360-degree anonymous feedback. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, you'd have to read that chapter to understand all the things that are wrong with that. But a lot of companies have already figured that out. We need to stay current with one another. We need to be not anonymous. We need to, you know, we need to have the conversation. Where we go wrong is we... We all, myself included, we tend, you know, we see somebody doing something or we hear somebody saying something and we interpret it through our own content. We make up a story about what that means, what that signifies, and then we behave as if our story is true. And so let's say we're, you know, somebody's done something and we find it irritating and they've done it again, they've done it again, and we've got this whole story going on and we go in and say, I need to talk to you. Well, that right there, you just shot yourself in the foot. Instead, we need to say, I want to talk with you. I want to talk with you. And then just describe. You know, the other day um, in the meeting uh, that you you were leading the meeting and uh, Jenny held up her hand several times and you never called on her. Can you tell me what was going on? And stop right there. Just this is what I saw. Can you tell me what is going on? And then you might hear, well, you could hear, I am so sorry. You know, we have a newborn in the house. I haven't had any sleep for like a week. I think I was punched drunk in the meeting. I didn't notice Jenny's hand. I will go and apologize to her. I I really appreciate her input. And I'm just, I feel awful about, or they might say, well, you know, Jenny, you know, she, she never has any good ideas. I didn't want to wait. Well, then you do have an issue, and then it's a longer conversation. But don't go in and say, look, you, you didn't call on Jenny, and that's not how we operate because we always call on everybody, blah, 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 you know, and this person is going, wait, 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 wait. You know, you don't know. I mean, I had a funny thing happen years ago when I, one of our employees, I said, well, wow, yeah, by you, I knew you were yelling, you, and I know you were talking to a customer, but you were yelling. It would be easy to say, how, you know, how could you do that? We don't yell. But I just said, can you tell me what was happening? And he said, yeah, that customer has a very severe hearing loss and she won't wear 
uh, hearing aids. And she's always saying, I can't hear you. So I'm talking louder. And we were both laughing, you know. So we, we, we have to catch ourselves in the act of mm-hmm. making up a story about somebody because of something we've seen or even been told. I hate that, that triangulation where mm. you know, person A bonds with person B over their mutual loathing of person C. Person C has no idea that any of this is going on because she or he hasn't been asked. So we just need to say, this is what I saw. This is what I heard. This is what you know, I've observed. Um, can you tell me what was happening? Mm. And then find out what what goes on from there and there's a whole like i said there's a whole section on that in fierce conversations yeah that's awesome so in just a minute we're going to actually move people into breakout rooms for conversations um but before we do that are there any last thoughts that you would like to offer to anyone who is maybe thinking about having a conversation that they're they might be dreading it, mm-hmm. um, or even a conversation that could uh, it be appreciative towards someone. Oh, yeah. um, just anything that you want to say right before they go into their breakouts around almost like an invitation into one of those conversations. Well, there is a, there is a, there's a theme that runs through everything that we do at Fierce, all of the different kinds of conversations that we teach. And it is that if you want to be a great leader, a great team member, a great partner, a great human being, you must gain the capacity to connect with the people who are important to you at a deep level Mm. or lower your aim. So it's that how to connect at a deep level. And that idea kind of scares people or they just don't know how to do it and of course we're, we're teaching this is how you do that and when you have those deeper connections something beautiful emerges from that and and your relationships are enriched mm. and that's one of the key objectives of every fierce conversation so going into conversations with the thought of how do i Connect with this individual at a deeper level than I have before or at any level. You know, how do I connect? And it's, it's, it's about so many things like being with that person prepared to be nowhere else. Um, you have the purity of my attention. And to ask questions, say, say more about that, say more. Am I hearing you right? You know, so it's, it's, you, have, you can't fake fierce. You have to really be genuine with your curiosity and your interest and your questions. You have to really be listening, not listening for what you're going to say back, but listening for understanding. That's all for today's episode of The Triple Win. Hope you enjoyed this recording that we released from PMLX 2020. And if you like what you heard here, then we fully expect you can be confident you're really going to enjoy what we've got lined up for PMLX 2021. We've got Chris Voss, FBI hostage negotiator, uh, best-selling author, sold millions of copies of his book, Never Split the Difference. We're going to be featuring him and we think you will really like what he has to say and share. Uh, We know many of you are fans of him and his work already. We're totally excited about that. And in addition, Uh, We're going to have another Future of 
property management uh, panel featuring industry experts, executives from the industry on what they see for the future of the industry we all share and, and are collaborating on together as a professional property management industry. You're going to hear uh, from specific industry experts on specific topics like running high impact uh, Zoom calls, leadership best practices within your team to influence change and manage your team. And what that's like in 2021, it's changed a lot since even just 2011. So you're gonna hear that and much, much more. You can go to pm-exchange.com to find out more information about the event, August 24th, 2021. Uh, be sure to sign up and 100% of the proceeds of this event go to charity. So we hope to see you there. We're looking forward to supporting a great cause. Over 300 of your peers have already registered. We're already past last year's number by the time you're listening to this. And uh, very stoked to have another uh, fantastic event. This was rated a 9.9 out of 10 by the attendees last year. We're, we're seeking to do that or better, shooting for a 10 out of 10 this year. Hope to see you there. pm exchange. Dot com. Take care.